What's up, guys? Mitch from RespectMoreReason.com, back with another episode of the RMR Podcast. Today, I'm joined with special guest, recording, arg- recording artist, Rio Cragen. How you doing today, Rio? What's happening, man? I'm doing good. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. 100%, man, 100%. You got some ties to the PNW. We'll get into a little bit later, so always excited to get some- get someone with some connection to home. But first, <laughs> right. first of all, you know, I usually kick people, kick these off with just kind of introduction to people, whatever their subject matter is. We do music or cannabis, but today we're talking about music. So just kind of curious your origin story with within music, man. Like when did you get started kind of as a, as taking that step up from like a fan to really a fan and then being a creative? Because I know any creative goes to that period where like everybody loves music, but you love it a little yeah. bit more than the average person. And then you start making it. <laughs> I'm sure it was probably something similar. For sure. Yeah, it really was, man. Uh, I've been into music since I was just like a little kid, knee high, man. And uh, yeah, no, you know, my mom and my aunt, I grew up in a um, all women household. So it was my mom and my aunt. They were playing music all throughout the day, just blasting it through the crib. And um, yeah, I, I, uh, that's how I grew up. And I just fell in love with music at an early age. Um, I wanted you know, nothing more than to like learn how to play piano when I was a kid. Uh, that didn't end up happening, but uh, my mom bought me a guitar and got me some guitar lessons when I was young. I had to have been like 12 years old. And since then, I was just like, you know, got interested in um, in production. And so, you know, during that time, uh, FL Studio and Ableton, I was like, yo, I gotta, I gotta learn how to make beats <laughs> and whatnot. So, so yeah. And, and then I started recording myself at like 14, 15 years old. And, um, it was just a hobby back then. Uh, I, I, uh, had a lot of self doubts is like about doing it, um, as a career and whatnot. Uh, I was, I was really good in school. And so I was like, when I turned 18, I ended up getting a full ride scholarship uh to any school in washington state so went to washington state university and then uh i just realized like yo like i know i'm good at school but i really want to do music man i really want to do it and so i took a gamble and just kind of risked it all (laughs) risked that full ride scholarship man but yeah it panned out and i'm uh, really happy that i made that decision washington state man the cougars they get they get down out there man I, i don't know you know, not a ton of people outside, maybe not just Washington, maybe the Pacific Northwest respects them as a party school. But as someone yep. who's traveled and done a lot of college things, they really don't get talked about enough, like nationally, when we talk about party schools, man. They, they do a big out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they do, man. And Pullman, is, it goes crazy out there for sure. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, I got sucked up into that for sure, like early. Um, yeah, man, it was, yeah, it was good times, good times. Absolutely. So, you know, b- backing up like uh, Washington, are you, are you, you're from Washington, correct? Well, and, and what part yeah. of Washington? Yeah, man. Born and raised uh, in Vancouver, Washington. Um, yeah, just right there across the bridge from Portland, Oregon. And uh, that's where, you know, I lived for, geez, 19, 20 years uh, before I packed it up and uh, got on an airplane, flew to Los Angeles, California, and burned all my money. <laughs> it was gone like that, too. It was crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. trying to be a, you know, being a musician, going to the studio and everything. I mean, it, gets, it gets expensive real quick. Man. For sure. For sure. Yeah, man, I had to get a, I had to get innovative with it. So uh, luckily, like, I learned how to record myself young. So I would just work out the house. And then, you know, if some of the homies were at, like, a studio session, I would pull up and, uh, you know, just try and get in as many rooms as possible. And, uh, yeah, just work. What what made it, like, you know, being from Vancouver, obviously, you know, depending on who you talk to, that's Portland metro area. Some people, yep. you know, say, ah, oh, it's not Portland. But what made you, instead of being, like, you know, because a lot of people in Washington, and I'm not down-talking anyone, it's difficult to move to a whole new state. But in terms of moving to the big city right there in Portland, um, yep. which is still a small market, what, what was the inspiration? Like, I'm going to go to L.A. and just kind of sidestep, you know, going to Portland and grinding it out locally. Right. So there was, like, a lot of um... – Man, I was just plotting and scheming back in those days. I just remember, like, how do I, you know, take take this to the next level? And how do I grow as an artist? And I was playing shows in Portland, like, all the time. We were playing at, you know, Hawthorne and Roseland. And um, it was super cool. But there wasn't a lot of people um, that were kind of ascending uh, during this time. 
And so I was, and there weren't a lot of people to, you know, that I could rely on as far as like mentorship, like in order to how to figure it out to get, you know, to the next level. And so I was like, geez, man, like all these new acts that are coming out, they're coming out of either Los Angeles, California, they're coming out of New York City, or they're coming out of, you know, at that time, Atlanta, Georgia as well, and especially now these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they were moving from their cities to to these hubs, and they were just working amongst like other creatives and whatnot. So I just figured in my head, I'm like, yo, Los Angeles is pretty close, like, you know, I mean, worst comes to worst. I'm just a plane flight away back home, <laughs> you know. And so that's that's a that's what really um, pushed me to go do that. And uh, man, I it was it was scary for sure at that time as well. Um, I remember just there was just like so much uncertainty. Um, and like I said, no one that I knew was doing anything like of that nature. I didn't have anyone to you know, like fall back on or like ask these like important questions that I needed answered during those times. And um, yeah. And so I was like, whatever, I just got to go out there and put myself out there and meet these people. And so that's what I did. And uh, still some of my greatest friends like to this day and whatnot. <clears throat> yeah. And, that, and that's a great point. Like that mentorship in that community is is so important, you know, and that honestly just like sparked like so often in the Pacific Northwest, we talk about, oh, we don't have infrastructure. We don't have labels. We don't have a lot pretty very many artists that are even able to put people on if that's the route people want to go. Yeah. Um, but even amongst all that, right, like those are two very important things on any ground, whether you're doing business, whether you're doing music, no matter what your your craft is, like mentorship and then fellowship and or community, right, are like yep. instrumental to like growth, development and even expanding your network. Um, and so that's that's crazy that those are the two things. Like that's that's a, that's very wise of you to point out that like those and just in my opinion, those are very <laughs> wise things to point out of of that benefit. And I don't think a lot of people even give it that credit. Even out here, there's there's a kind of a lack of a sense of community, you know, that crabs in a bucket type mentality where people don't yep. understand, like in these big cities, people get on because maybe not everybody's who friends and whatever, but there's more people working there. If you're hungry and you match up with someone else that's hungry, that's going to, even if you don't work on each other's records, if you just have that community, it pushes. Yeah, you, right? for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and like, uh, honestly, like it accelerated like my growth, like by a disgusting amount as well because you know like i was able to work with other artists um during that time whether they were like you know like the same caliber at that time or you know like a smaller artist and then you know or bigger artists uh i was learning and i was soaking up knowledge uh i still do that to this day man like i'm I'm just a sponge i'm like yo why are you doing that (laughs) you know like and then how can i incorporate it into like what i'm doing um but yeah, it's a, that was a crazy time, man. Um, yeah, it really was. And, you know, it's um, uh, like you were saying, too, like in in the city, too, like in like, for example, like in Portland and whatnot, there were like um, a lot of like big fish in like a small pond. Um, and that's great. And it's like super dope. Uh, and when that was but moving to Los Angeles, it was it was tough because you know, kind of, you literally have to build from scratch and you, Mm. you you have to, you have to be the small fish in a big pond and whatnot. And so that was wild, but it was like, it was really cool. And uh, yeah. And it was very character developing as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's like, you know, and it's, again, it's not to downplay or slight anyone, but to get popping in Portland, it takes, it's, it's a whole degree less of, it's not even necessarily talent because that's not a question, but of money and people that you need to become aware and the competition of people that have the talent, the look that are trying to get people aware of them, as opposed to L.A. where, you know, you're not the only story of someone who like packed up everything right. and went out there on a dream. Right. That's the majority sure. of stories in that city is very competitive to to anything out there. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was it was an experience, and uh, yeah, I'm glad that I I took that route because you know, like I said, it like really developed me as a human being, uh, also as an artist, but yeah, really as a human, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
That's that's game, bro. I hope I hope people pay attention to that. What when backing up a little bit, like obviously you, you sounded like talking to you, it sounded like you, you started with production and then moved into to to you know putting vocals down and stuff. Your sound, you know, kind of touches a, a, a lot of genres, right? It definitely yeah. is melodic, regardless of what lane you're going. It's very melodic, but there's some stuff that's like more defined hip hop rap type esque, yep. some R and B. And then, you know, there's some electronic pop, which I'm not at this day and age. I'm not really sure where one of those starts or where, where one yeah, of those right, ends right. in that genre. But what do you what do you kind of classify yourself as when it comes to, to genre? Or do you not like ad- adhere to those standards? Yeah, man, I, I don't really adhere to them because like I know I have like, you know, my lane is like um, and where I shine is in those lanes. Um, but it's funny because like. Man, I, I write so much music. Uh, just whatever I'm feeling that day is like what I'm gonna, you know, what I'm gonna create. Um, sometimes it's tough. Like I don't want to write like an R&B song or whatever if I'm if like you know the sun is shining and whatnot. I'm just like, oh shoot, I'm not in that in that mindset. Let me just like write some hard ass fucking <laughs> you know vibe for today. But uh, yeah, so I don't know, like. Um, originally it started out i was um i wanted to be i want to be like a a rapper man i had bars and whatnot and 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 then it it slowly developed into just being like oh cool like let me do some catchy stuff and like i'm having fun with this Mm -hmm. and then as that time went on then uh i've always loved electronic music uh um and I started collaborating with a lot more electronic, uh, artists. Um, and man, I just like, was like, dude, I got to incorporate this more into like what I'm doing and really kind of just try and build my own sound. So these days I'm, I'm doing like, you know, hip hop mixed tastefully with like electronic, like, um, soundscapes and whatnot. And so, yeah, that's just how I'm building. And mind you, I, I am a producer. Uh, and when, uh, when I first started out, my beats were horrible. <laughs> it took it took a long time to like be comfortable releasing some of like sure. you know like some some music that I produced on for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What, what uh what do, what do you start with with music in terms of like making beat like making beats? Do you yeah like start making beats and then start kind of coming up with vocals and or melodies and vocals to it, and that helps you finish stuff, or do you like finish beats and then put lyrics? you know lyrics to them later or what's the process there go yeah it depends on the day like so i just started like really making beats for like other artists like uh in the last like year year and a half um but it's it's funny like i i have mad add so like i don't have like um one creative process Mm -hmm. i mainly have like three and um and i swap it up because that's how like you know i can ensure that the music is not sounding like the same exact mm-hmm. every single time and so a lot of times i'll start making a beat uh and then i'll get halfway through the beat and i just can't wait to put the vocals on so i'm like oh shoot so i wrote the whole song uh with like this half-assed beat and then uh i add production uh to finalize it or else i like send it to one of the homies who's like a way better producer than me and uh you know it'll be a full song uh alternatively um i uh will write a song uh, to a bad beat of mine that I'm just like not in love with, scrap the whole music, the whole music portion, send it over to uh, one of my friends, um, and they'll completely make something from scratch. And then the last is like I'll just like go through like a beat folder that I have, which is scary, by the way, man. My beat folder is scary. It's like thousands of beats <laughs> in that thing uh, that you know, friends and strangers like send to me and whatnot. Uh, so like I'll scour that thing and then I'll, you know, write songs to that. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've met a lot of like cool collaborators just like on the internet, just through that. Yeah. Through that submission email too, which is actually really cool. That's fire. And that's, I think that's one of the big things, you know, obviously I, I haven't, me personally, I haven't really operated out, outside of hip hop, but I think, you know, hip hop, especially when I came up, you know, there's a, uh, earlier version of the internet but that that was yeah. like everything you know there's like two choices like try and grind in your local scene and meet artists or like try and find fucking rappers on the internet and there was a yeah. lot less tools back in like 2006 you know and, and, and yeah that but it was still like 
hip hip hop, at least the you know the, the art form of hip hop has that connectivity between producers and artists, where producers like send beats out and yep. and randomly build these relationships with people that sometimes you only really deal with through like fucking emails and shit. So like, right. how how much are you working with people physically in 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 the physical form versus just kind of like sending files back and forth on the internet? Yeah, that's a good question. The um a lot of the time lately, I'm like um I'm pretty much half and half. So I go out to Los Angeles, like, uh, geez, at this rate, I, I just moved to, to Vegas, right. During like the, uh, during COVID. And, um, I was like, yo, I'm just going to chill here. I'm just going to be, you know, tucked off and just like, take it easy for a while. And it's so funny because I'm, I completely lied to myself. I've been in like Los Angeles, like two, three times a month <laughs> or like, you know, just somewhere else, like in the U S which is crazy um but uh yeah so it's like half and half like i work on a lot of stuff remotely um because i work quick and so i'm just like yo send me the you know the beat or whatever and uh i get it done but then a lot of the times i i I prefer working in person because it's it's more fun and it's more um you know communal and whatnot um but yeah yeah I'm, i'm pretty i'm pretty 50 50 with it these days yeah yeah, they de- they definitely both have their benefits, and so this you know the album that you just put out, the, the Diary of a Loner, um, yeah, was recorded out in the desert, if, if I if I'm correct. And so we were yep. talking about it briefly before we got started. I'm curious, kind of, a lot of people will be going out to Joshua Tree, and you know <laughs> to get their you know whether it's creative yep. or their tech people to get their vibes right, get their chi right, whatever the fuck they're doing out there. Yep. Um, but what what did the impact like just of your surroundings have on like? sounds and the creative approach to to this last project yeah man it was it was really cool um this is the first album that i wrote pretty much remotely uh and i was i was really out there it was um i had just got off a world tour with my homie flume as well so we were gone for months um and then we came back and you know the world was locked down (laughs) and so i was like dang i was just like free as hell for the last like year um and we were living in this small apartment in uh in uh larchmont which is pretty much mid-city in los angeles and it was me and my girl and i was like yo like i'm not trying to be locked down in this like small apartment we got to get like a big crib so we ended up getting like a six-bedroom house uh way off in the desert uh in Coachella Valley, uh, in this uh, city called India. That's where I ended up writing the album. Um, and, uh, a good friend of mine, Jeremy Lloyd, uh, who's, um, one half of Marion Hill. Uh, he ended up executive producing it alongside of me and we just sent stuff back and forth. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the features on the album too, like, uh, it's just friends of mine, who, you know, we just send stuff back and forth. I'm like, yo, I got this idea. You want to do something to it? Yeah, for sure. But it was cool. I actually really enjoyed it. It was, it was, um, I had to get really creative with it. Um, and, and it was interesting because, uh, it's a very like introspective album. I'm talking a lot about like my life and, um, you know, a lot of the things that I was going through in the last like couple of years. So it was very honest. And, um, it was a uh, yeah. It was it was a cool experience, but I, I was happy that I was out there by myself, like in the desert, pretty much, um, because I could really, you know, get honest with myself uh, and put it on record. Yeah, get get away from those distractions. There's definitely something, you know. Yeah. Whether it's depressing or you know creatively stimulating, when you look out and it's kind of flat. I know there's some mountains out in the Coachella Valley, but it's just kind of like yeah. flat. The horizon. There's no water, yeah. so the horizon just kind of like ducks off you know and it, it, yeah and and so there's definitely a different vibe out there yeah and it's like low-key artificial too because um uh for anyone who's listening like uh the uh it's a desert so i mean like you know people aren't designed to be living out there so yeah. what they do is they have like these these developments go up which is like cookie cutter homes that like all look the same and whatnot too and they put up hundreds of these damn houses and so we were living in one of these gated communities the hoa was just wild it was it was just so funny because it's like you know like we had to keep the grass watered um uh, like a special amount so that way it's like bright and vibrant as hell you know like which obviously like they want to 
make sure that the neighborhood's nice and whatnot. It was required that we had like a landscaper in there and whatnot. Man, that water bill, I kid you not, <laughs> was like the most it was extravagant. It was like it was like 350, 450, depending on the month. I was like, geez, man. Yeah, we're people are not supposed to be living in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they're like, your grass better look fucking crispy ass green. Man, man. man my grass had a fade, bro. <laughs> that was, yeah, it was crispy. Oh, man. Sure. So, so what, what inspired you? Again, we were talking this right, right before we started, but what, what inspired the move out to Vegas? You know, I was, I was joking. I said, you jump from one desert to the next, you know, rather than yep. moving back back to the hubbub of, of LA. What, what was the inspiration to going out to LV? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, taxes, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely, that was definitely a part of it. Um, uh, and then also, you know, I've, I've been in Los Angeles for, for many years, like seven, eight years. And, um, I just needed like a switch, like a change of pace in my life. Um, and, uh, I was, you know, going to the same place as I was in my little daily routine and, it was like creatively boxing. So I was like, let me just kind of go tune in with myself and, uh, you know, figure it out real quick. We're, we're probably going to end up going back for sure because, you know, I miss it. That's definitely my second home, um, aside from Vancouver, Washington. But, uh, yeah, so we've just been playing it by ear and whatnot. And, uh, I, I thought I would be a lot more productive out here as well. And turns out I definitely was a lot more productive (laughs) yeah yeah because i mean you know where um you know where you live and if you've been there for a while it's like every week it's like somebody's birthday or it's like there's an event going on um you gotta shake some hands do some do some industry stuff and whatnot and so i just wanted to tap out of the matrix for a bit that was that was the main thing yeah, and I, I think that's important. We were talking about earlier, like how important community is, and it's not like community is a bad thing, but there is, uh, uh, and I don't even again, I don't even necessarily want to call it a downside, but you say it can be inhibiting, right? When you get into whether it's routines or just so much going on, especially being in the industry, there, you know, if you want people to support you, you got to support them, which isn't going to stop when you move, but when you're in the same city, it's like this weird pressure, and you got to contemplate should I be going here or there rather than like, I just need to like focus on the shit I got to focus on. And it's right. Everyone, but I just got to lock in, you know? Yeah. I wanted to get better, man. it's like, I'm always striving to get better and I'm always striving to, you know, keep making better songs and better music and whatnot. And so I really took this time. It's like, you know, when Goku goes in the hyperbolic time chamber, you got to cut everybody off and whatnot. (laughs) But yeah. So yeah, I I had to charge up real quick. (laughs) <laughs> I, I dig it that's, that's a good a good good reference right there um you know um on this we were talking a little bit about the features you know you said there's a lot of your friends um yep you got um you know marion hill clear eyes and then of course like kidding because one of the big features on there what yep. what was the emphasis of doing like but on the album as a whole there wasn't a lot of features so what was the emphasis on like kind of going light on the features especially in today's day age and then then we'll get into some of the features after that yeah 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 for sure i think the main concern for me on this is like i didn't want to flood the album with like a whole bunch of features especially like and i mean you know some of the verses are like very melodic forward and then i do rap shit so it's like a lot of times it sounds like there is a feature on these songs already because <laughs> it's like i'm i'm versatile with it um and then also it was like um i had a lot to say so a lot of times i couldn't just like accomplish things in like one verse and Mm. yeah for sure definitely and the the main thing for me was like i really got to tell you with this so um yeah i just didn't i didn't feel it was right to just like flood it with features and I know that probably changes from song to song and project to project and, and what you're going for. But what are what are some of those creative constraints that you're like, like whether it's like I got to do it like this or like I won't do it like that, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have some of those moments where I'm pretty um, hard stuck on on. Uh, OK, it's got to be like this. But for the most part, I'm I'm really open and uh, I look. I, I listened to the advice of, um, you know, some of my team and whatnot. Um, and 
yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty open with it. Uh, there was like, you know, I got to be in charge, obviously, of like the art and whatnot. And I got to be in charge of like the song titles and like, and the, the A&R process as well. Um, I, I, we, me and Jeremy, like from Marion Hill, Clear Eyes, he, uh, we went through all these songs and we picked the order. We decided which ones were going to be on the album and whatnot. Having like an external um, entity doing that for you sometimes is like really cloudy and can like really change like the entire um, mood of an album. And so, yeah, we wanted uh, to tell our story and whatnot with this. And so, yeah. Do you adhere to, we were just having, we just did an article. We were having this conversation the other day and, and I was telling someone like growing up, like fucking rap songs where, you know, 16, 8, 16, 8, th three verses. And it was like rappers would force shit. They'd come in the studio and like not have a third verse and they would refuse. Like there was this refusal of doing songs that were less than three verses. Yep. And then it kind of started to shift. And now we see like a lot of like hook soup, like 32 bar verse yep. bridge outro and, and unique things. So how yep. do you approach like song song length? And do you like, have any rules that you have to stick to or you just really just vibe it out on each individual track yeah that this is an amazing question man i i uh my answer is <clears throat> it depends on the song i personally do not like songs that are longer than like three minutes i try and keep it um i i like songs that are longer than three minutes but i keep i i like song structure that is sh like short and um I think uh, the more that you're able to say a lot without mm. saying a lot, like that's there's like a superpower in that and whatnot. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm a big advocate of trim the fat. So if it's like, bro, if this if this doesn't gotta be in the song, cut that shit and <laughs> you know, like let them just keep replaying it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Trim the fat though, man. Like I tell that to like a lot of uh, my friends and whatnot too because. You know, because sometimes you are forcing it and it's like, you know, songs, like you said, like there are not a lot of songs these days with like three verses anymore. And it mm -hmm. used to only be three verses. Sometimes too, like playing at like a live show, I'm I'm playing a song and I'm like, dang, uh, I kind of want to in this song after the second verse or after this, <laughs> you know, after the hook. Uh, and just like going to the next stuff because you know it feels like it's time was lived on, on this yeah. stage and like yeah let's keep going yeah and, and that same thing happens and obviously you might you might have a leg up too being a producer right because the same thing with like producers that aren't as seasoned working with artists something that we find especially got like folks that can play actually play instruments they're not used to like producing where the vocals especially in today's age and like the sounds you make where it's so melodic like the vocal is such a driver of the song like some yeah. producers right that, are, that aren't a season they fucking over layer that shit or do too many leads on this when it should just be like more open air and, and space yes for sure for sure man yeah that's that's so funny uh yeah Actually, one of the first people that taught me that was like Louis Bell from uh, he does like a lot of the Post Malone stuff. Uh, yeah. He uh, like I remember I was showing him like songs from like my first album, Growing Pains. And he's like, bro, he's like, dude, this is so sick. Uh, get rid of this, this, this and this. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, you're right. Like verses should be more open because you got to let the vocal breathe. You got to let it shine. But yeah, I think um, a lot of that just comes with like time and, and experience and whatnot. Um, and then it becomes easier to hear, you know? Um, yeah, and easier to, you know, figure out the piece of the puzzle that's, uh, yeah, that needs to be removed. <laughs> and and what, what what about like, what, what to you makes a song like one that you're really, whether it's you hearing something or, or something, you know, from someone else or something you're creating really the one, you know, like in my opinion, it's like, like sure it's the beat, sure it's the lyric. There's like these pockets and it may be the hook. Like it, it's usually attributed to hit singles was the hook, but it's like these pockets of like two to six bars where like the vibe and the melody just like, that's the part you want to listen. You'll listen to the whole song because maybe you yep. like the whole song, but when that part comes on, it just like yep. gives you all the emotional fulfillment you need. Like what 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 what's kind of your interaction with that concept? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's another one that you can't really force. Like a lot of times that happens naturally. Um, like, you know, like even think about the the Drake record, you know, I only love my bed and my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like like that piece is so impactful because they literally cut the entire music out of the song for a period of time that's like longer than traditionally accepted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that's what makes it like really catchy. Um, I mean, so there's like a whole bunch of different like tricks that you can, you can use in order to like come up with those moments. Um, uh, and that, you know, like that's just, that's an arrangement thing. Um, which, you know, like since I produce, like I know how important like arranging the music actually is and, we went through and like did that all for this album. Um, but there are, there are some people who only strictly just arrange music, which, uh, which is pretty cool. That's like an interesting, like, uh, uh, career and whatnot. But yeah, there's some masters of the craft for sure. I know a lot of the uh, tricks and whatnot, but (laughs) yeah, that's, yeah, you gotta be a different animal. For sure. Yeah, if you if you make your living off just that alone, like that's a superpower right. for sure. It's a superpower. For sure. For sure. Definitely. What what about like what about the album was was difficult for you or or is there any parts on it like or or even just creation that that you find difficult? Like as someone that produces and writes and performs, right? Like that's a lot of creative shit that you got to finish. And I always joke like as creatives, you know, I'm creative in a different route, but like we like starting shit. Like that's the fun yep. shit. Finishing shit is like difficult. And that's another superpower. Like people that are able to like diligently finish shit consistently is just like, whether you're a photographer, web design, doesn't fucking matter if you're creative. Yep. Like that is difficult. Is that something that you experience or do you have other kind of like obstacles in, in the way of creating? Yeah, no, for sure. It's tough to finish. It's a, it's like, because when is a song actually done? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a question that, um, you know, I often am revisiting like way too much. (laughs) Uh, so, um, I, I have things that I do and it's mainly send them to, to friends. So like, I'll get it to like where I like it at 90%. And then I'm like, Hey man, can you add or subtract some things in order to like really bring this over the line? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and, and uh, no, so for people who did that on, on this album was Johan. Uh, he's insane. He's so talented, man. He's like self, and then also he's a producer. He adds, uh, he's, you know, he adds music to some of, like, the greatest songs that have come out in the last, like, 10 years and whatnot. And um, so he really helped bring this over um, where it was just like, oh, shoot, I'm so happy with this. Uh, and then also uh, Jeremy Lloyd, like the same thing. It's like, you know, he can, he just knows. So it's like when the song's almost done, like, okay, cool. what? <laughs> just do your thing, man. <laughs> you have cool. all my trust, just do your thing. And then usually I get it back within like a day and it's like, oh, cool, perfect. This is exactly what it needed. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we just uh, send it off to mixing and uh, yeah. And then we're done with it. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, man. It's like, it's, that's the sad thing. It's like never done with it. It's like, but I hear, I hear stuff in like, like if I go and revisit like old work as well, I'm like, geez, I really wish that I knew then what I know now because I would have made that kick hit way <laughs> harder. Or it's like, I should have like performed that vocally a little bit different. Or I messed up that melody. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah but yeah but it's funny man yeah when, that's why when are you done when are you done with art i think is a hard thing for anyone right and like i think yeah. i think especially sometimes when shit comes so easy or so simple right maybe it is one verse you're like damn this feels complete or maybe the beat has no fucking drums and you're like this yep. shit feels completely complete do you also feel that like need sometimes where you're like nah this was like i, I didn't contribute enough to like want to put this out like i feel like someone else that understands the process would judge me for how little i put into this like do you ever yeah. find yourself kind of deal with that complex for sure man for sure and it's like i think about it all the time i really do it's like even even when this project came out i was like dang like 
uh, should I have added like more songs to this or like, you know, should I have, uh, you know, made this drum groove different um, or, you know, and it's funny. I was thinking about it. I was like, dang, like, you know, what could be cool is just like, you know, like a director's cut or something like is like the deluxe version of like the album where it's like, you know, different grooves or whatever. Just like uh, other versions of the song as well that we had at the time, because a lot of these songs have multiple versions you know what i mean like the music is different like uh the drums were different uh maybe a verse was different it's crazy yeah for sure yeah and that is something that is difficult about kind of like wearing a lot of hats as well is because you know like i can change a lot of the things you know you know with my bare hands so it's like fuck it, I'm going to change it. And then and now I got another version and I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I, we, we had a comment, someone come in, they said they took a, a picture with you at, at, during your performance at Firefly. Um, oh, let's go. Yeah, sick. Hey, what's up? And, and, so, and, and, I, and I wanted to ask you, I, I had it wrote down, you know, with, with you touching on so many genres and obviously like, you know, my understanding is you perform with quite a quite a bit of festivals that might be like adjacent to like electronic or just in general. What what lineup do you feel like most comfortable or what genre of lineup do you feel most comfortable performing to, whether it's like the fit of your music or the crowd the, the energy of the crowd that you enjoy? Right. Man, I honestly you I feel right at home uh in pretty much everywhere. Uh if it's like a um if it's like i can cater the set and whatnot like i can mm -hmm. cater like which which songs i'm gonna which which is what we do you know um and um uh i decide on what the set's gonna look like but man i mean as far as the energy you just got to come out there with the energy and and just like okay cool like I got you guys' attention for the next like 30, 45 minutes or whatever. <laughs> and we're going to have like a good time. Yeah, for sure. So as long as I go out there and just like turn shit up, like um, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. At, um, like, cause you know, I toured, I toured with, I think my first tour was with Yachty, um, like 20, 20 dates or something. And then I toured with Billie Eilish, which is a completely different, mm. um, completely different uh, crowd and whatnot. Her fans are so awesome man they're super receptive they love the music um had a had a blast and then you know uh doing a run with uh flume harley uh and it's like and then i've played so many festivals as well uh just um under my own um project and so yeah I'm, i feel pretty confident in like a lot of different uh circumstances yeah it took a lot. Is there any one of those of trial and error? <laughs> yeah, yeah, de definitely learning, but definitely, definitely, you know, I, I can see that through through the the like I said, the soundscapes your your sound catalog goes through. It should be pretty easy for you to match up. But do you have like a favorite? Like, if you got to pick, which 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 crowd or or type of show or festival is your favorite to perform at? You you got one that stands out, or you just all of them equally? Yeah, I love. Okay, so all right, so this is so wild, but. A lot of times when you're you're playing like small rooms, small rooms are my favorite for sure, hands down. But I like a small room where like I can take a wireless mic and hop in the crowd type shit. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times mics be having feedback if like you pass like a mm -hmm. certain you know distance on the stage. Oh my gosh, man, that's my worst nightmare. That <laughs> I cringe every time, and I'm like, oh man, you know that that throws me off a little bit. But um, but yeah, so. Being able to uh, jump in the crowd and perform and whatnot, like that's that's my favorite stuff. But there was this moment we played this show. Uh, I played the show with Flume in Mexico City. It was the craziest shit I ever seen in my life, man. It was like there were so many people. I looked into the crowd and it just didn't end. Like my eyes <laughs> couldn't see the end of the crowd. Like that's how many people there. It felt like you know when DMX was on stage you know during that mm -hmm. like iconic moment bro that's exactly what it looked like and you know we're in mexico um at the same time the fiesta bowl i think was happening which is like an nfl game that's in mexico city and um uh i think is, is that what it's called i don't know it was it was something where there's a yeah, yeah. i can't remember yeah and uh 
man, they were singing, they were singing the songs back to me, and I couldn't even perform because they were just overpowering me. And Ooh. I was like, dang, man, like English is not the native language, obviously, in Mexico. Right. <laughs> but but yeah, they knew the words, and yeah, that was just like that was really uh yeah, that was one of those moments where it was just like, man, I wrote this song like in my bedroom and <laughs> Yeah, now like forty thousand people are singing it to me right now. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Another one, another one of your songs. You know, obviously we we can't get by. You know, the single, the, the lights with Kid Ink. This out. Um, that beat. When I first heard that, we used to we used to cover a lot of festivals that Kid Ink was on back back when he did the yep. court a bunch of times, and then the Pacific yep. Northwest. Uh, you know, some years prior when he really started to boom, but that, that beat, I had to ask you first, did you, did you make that beat? Real quick? Yeah. Yeah. I made that beat. Yeah. And then, Did you have him in mind for that? Cause as soon as that, like when I heard the feature and I, and I clicked on it early when, when Greg sent that over and I was like, as soon as I heard the beat, I was like, yeah, this sounds, this sounds like something fit for. for <laughs> uh, that's dope. Yeah. No, I didn't have him in mind at all. I was just like, I, I had wrote the song and I actually did a second verse on it and I was like, Bro, Ink would go crazy on this. Like, let me hit him up. <laughs> I was like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> yo, you got to get on this song, bro. Like, yeah. So I, I actually sent him like a couple. I sent him like a like a two-pack or three-pack or something. And uh, he ended up choosing that one. And I was like, yo, yeah, he crushed it. He definitely took it to the next level. My second verse was definitely nowhere near his verse. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, shit, okay, cool. Yeah. And then that, is that how usually working with artists like that is like send them a couple different records that got openings and kind of vibe them out or, and how tailored is it towards like, I think you think they would be good on that. Uh, it's tailored for sure. So um, no, I don't, I don't normally just like send a batch like that. Like I it's like curated. I'm like, yo, you would crush on this and you would go crazy on this, you know? Um, yeah. I, I for for other stuff yeah i mean that's how like most that's how most of it is it's like it's very like handpicked for like the homies and whatnot yeah for sure and then um you know something else back on just the, on the album right like it's something that you know i heard you attribute to earlier and then listen to it right it, it's very personal how do you go about like putting kind of your real thoughts and, and fears and insecurities and like experiences, like, and putting them in a way that's like consumable, right? Cause especially the music you're making, it's not like, you know, there's some introspective, I'm just gonna spit some crazy ass bars. It's like, there's these carefully designed spaces for shit to sound, you know, not in order just to sound good, but it sounds good. So how do you like blend these real life experiences with like we were saying earlier of kind of doing the less is more approach and, and making right. it sound good? Yeah, man. I think um, it's just like I, I learned like a couple years ago. I just got to, you know, be unafraid with the shit and just like, you know, it is what it is. Like we're sitting here talking. I'm looking crazy. I just came out of album mode. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> it's just like, you know, like I think that um, as long as I'm honest and like straightforward, with it and uh and really coming from a genuine place i think people just automatically just like really you're just gonna oh cool this is dope this may not even be like you know my favorite type of music or whatever but like i yeah i'm this is this is a vibe for sure yeah but that's yeah, I, that's kind of the approach that's definitely the approach it's like um you know i think it's very you know like especially in like you know doing this as a career too like you know, the music itself um, is not going to keep, you know, an artist on top if you're making like the dopest shit and you got like a bad attitude or some shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. So I think, uh, yeah, it all gets packaged together. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think too earlier we were saying, you know, is, is music so much of it is rooted on like these these moments and these sounds and like not to be like too spiritual, but like these vibes and the emotion it makes people yep. feel. And I think when that matches up with whether it comes from a place of authenticity or something real, or that's translated through, right? Because sometimes you could say some simple ass bar that's a hella real to your life, but it's like some generic, like, yeah, that's not like an amazing, unique story. But yep. when it's like rooted in that authenticity, next, because you're not the only one 
that feels that or has that thought, you know? Right. For sure. For sure. And like, I mean, sometimes it's not even the words. It could be in like the delivery. Like, man, mm. I, um, sometimes I don't be even know what Yeet is saying, but I'm just like, damn, the way you like going crazy on that beat. I'm like, yo, this shit's hard, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for sure. And you can tell it's like from an authentic place. Like he's, yeah, for sure. Cause it just comes so naturally, you know, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. just, I, I, I listen to future, but I also like to make fun of him, but I was just playing his <laughs> shit the other day and my wife hates it. Sometimes I'll just yeah. spit back his bars, like in speak. And yep. she'll just be like, what the fuck are you saying? I was like, that's what he was just <laughs> rapping about. It doesn't even yeah. like, he's jumping from topic to topic, just saying like random yep. shit, but it came out so fucking hard on the beat. For sure, man. And like, you know, sometimes like you have those moments where it's just like, oh, bro, you're not even in day to day life anymore. Like the music just like transcended you to that other place. That's why you just like in the zone saying the lyrics, you know what I mean? <laughs> not even think about the words. You just, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, I seen Future Live one time, too. And man, he sounds like exactly the same. I was really? like, yo, what? Damn. <laughs> yeah, it was dope. It's crazy. Yeah, he he's a he's a figure, man. He's like yeah, you know the glasses, the look, every docket, yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Uh, yeah, you know what? I know that you're I know that you're in on like in the NFT and the Web three world. So I'm just curious, yeah. like kind of your approach to that, and then like how much your interest in that is rooted just in that versus like you know packaging it and working, you know, having it work alongside the music career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I got super into crypto um, and uh, and like NFTs and whatnot during um, like the first like week of uh, of like lockdown and stay at home order in Los Angeles. Um, I wasn't planning any more shows. I was just like, okay, cool. Well, what am I supposed to do with my money right now? Like, <laughs> and so so like. Bro, I just went down the rabbit hole and it just like, you know, that's where a lot of my energy went to um, during that time. I mean, my album cover uh, is an NFT, actually, that I own. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, and so from, you know, buying and holding things, trading things um, and researching, like or researching a whole bunch, man, I, I yeah. I went OD on this stuff and I was like, man, I, I gotta become a creator. Um, and I was like, dude, music at that time that I was super interested in things, uh, music NFTs weren't really a, like, they weren't having a moment. They weren't really a thing at the time. There was only like a handful of artists like releasing on chain. Uh, and, um, and I was just asking around, got put into contact with some people who were really doing it in the space and building things. And I just, yeah, I started creating um, my own pieces uh, on chain. And yeah, I'd just been, you know, really into it. It takes up a large part of my life now. And I just really, I love it. I, <laughs> I literally love it. I'm going to, I'm going to New York uh, in a couple of days. I'm going to NFT NYC. Uh, playing a whole bunch of shows out there, supporting a whole bunch of friends, uh, a whole bunch of projects and whatnot. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited, man. Yeah, that world is exploding, and it's obviously a new means to, you know, work with with within the art form, right? Of re in release content, yes. but it's also also like you said, you're going out there to do shows. It's a whole new community, man. It it really is, man. It's a it's kind of wild too because, um, you know, um. They're so uh, interactive and like genuine, and they people want to see other people like really succeed in this space as well, which is so cool. Because mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's um you know if I go on YouTube or you go on Instagram, it's like fuck this guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like your shit sucks, and it's like you know you don't you you don't ever see that stuff like uh, in this space, which is like pretty cool. Uh, it's like yo like how can we help each other? How can we make this bigger and things of that nature? And, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's dope though. That's funny that you mentioned that. I, I, I always say like hip hop is my love and like, that's, that's the lane that I come from, but it's such mm -hmm. a like finesse culture. Like, yeah, there's the negative side of just social media has infiltrated it, but like, 
hip hop yeah. is so like finesse. Like everybody's just trying to like come out of anything where it's like I won. I'm the better this. Right. I made more money. I've yeah. I've I finessed <laughs> this for that. Oh, you want yeah. this? You gotta pay for it. Like so yeah. much of that before anything. Whereas you get into like obviously I do a lot in the cannabis industry, which is similar to crypto, and then it, which yep. is so new. And you get around people that are just genuinely excited, I think because it's so new and it's not, yep. you know, the gates and the gatekeepers aren't as established that it's like more of this communal excitement rather than like this hierarchy of just fucking bullshit. Man. Right. For sure, man. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, we've been, you know, like I compared to like uh, the early days of like SoundCloud and whatnot as well. It's mm -hmm. like there's just that, you know, a huge like high level of excitement and community and uh, group effort as well. It's like, man, like, you know, like I've collaborated with so many people uh, in like the last like eight months just because, you know, I'm, uh, I make music NFTs and I purchase uh, music NFTs and whatnot. I'm a collector. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got a pretty big collection. Uh, and um, yeah, and it's so funny. Yeah, man, I, I, it's like whatever to me. It's just like, you know, like, I'm not a flexor. <laughs> I've never been a flexor, <laughs> bro. I'm like, just trying to keep stacking, keep building, and you know, maybe one day I'll I'll wake up and I'll uh, yeah, I'll have an opportunity to you know flex without nothing. <laughs> take take the pick in front of the Bentley and just stun on everyone on, on the ground. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. It's, it's coming. Nah, all right, man. Well, before I get get you up out of here, man, what what what's next for Rio Craigan? What's what's next on the obviously the, the you know you yeah. got some music that's pretty fresh, so I know you're gonna be working that. But but what's the next move? Yeah, I, I think you were cutting out a little bit, but um, uh, yeah, the uh, man, next is a a whole bunch more music. Uh, during during this time, man, I wrote like a few hundred songs, so I'm really just like. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm I'm ready to go. And I have a whole bunch of collaborations coming out um you know throughout the rest of the year which I'm excited about and then uh all throughout next year as well. I'm loaded up, man. Um I'm not playing around in the in these next couple years. I it was just like a lot of a uh, you know, that's that's what I was talking about, man. I had to come out to go charge up um and I'm just coming different this time, man. I just like yeah. No mercy this time. <laughs> I dig it, man. I dig it. Well, anybody out there looking to keep up with you at, at Rio Craigan on, on Instagram, the name is spelled in the description and the title uh, Diary of a Loner out on all platforms a music video, the lights with Kid Inc out now search that on YouTube, Google it, all that, man. I really appreciate you uh, checking in with us today, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for chatting and thanks for having me. It was super fun. 100. This is the RMR Podcast, episode 40. We'll be back with you guys next week with more content.